Welcome to the Operating in the Spirit of Kingdom Excellence podcast, where we'll explore what it means to serve in the kingdom of God according to his agenda and in the most excellent way. I'm your host, Tawanda Coles, and I'm glad you've tuned in with me today. Well, welcome to episode two of the Operating in the Spirit of Kingdom Excellence podcast. I'm your host, Tawanda Coles, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Pastor George W. Hawkins, Jr., Senior Pastor of High Calling Ministries in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. He has served as the Senior Pastor of High Calling Ministries for over 20 years, but he has served in the local church all of his life. With that, welcome, Pastor Hawkins. Thanks for being with me today. Well, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you to share this platform. It's a joy and a privilege. Yes, yes. So let me also say in the spirit of full disclosure, (laughs) y'all, Pastor Hawkins is my pastor, and I've been honored to serve under his leadership for the past seven years as he stewards and cares for me and my family. But I have served in ministry for many years with Pastor Hawkins. We we do have a history of kingdom service together for which I'm grateful. (laughs) So um, I'm excited that Pastor Hawkins is here today. Uh, So listen, for the first season of this podcast, I want to explore deeper what it means to serve in the Lord's church with kingdom excellence. Uh, For episode one of, of the podcast, I took some time to define kingdom excellence from my perspective. And I shared in that episode how I firmly believe at the core of kingdom excellence is having a heart to serve. So those who are listening, if you missed what I shared in that episode, I encourage you to go back and take a listen to episode one. So I'll start by asking you, Pastor Hawkins, to share your perspective on what kingdom excellence means and how you live out this concept in your life and in your leadership. Great. That's a great question. Thank you. And I think your, I think your definition is a great launching point for everyone about this heart to serve, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so because what, but what I think is packed into that, that definition is this understanding of how honored we should all be for the opportunity that God has placed us in a place where we get to uh, touch and feel those that he loves um, in a way that would reflect his love and his care and his concern for his children. We are the hands and feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I think that whole idea of, of having a heart to serve starts with the idea of being honored Mm-hmm. Uh, to serve in any capacity in the Lord's church. And then, then number two, having the humility to understand that in and of ourselves, we can't do it alone, that there's yeah. nothing that we uh, superficially bring to the table without God's uh, honor and without his anointing uh, to be in our lives, that without him, we would have nothing to offer. So those two components, I think, that are in the heart to serve is those understanding of, am I honored to be here? And number two, am I humble enough to understand that I'm always in need of his help? Yes, absolutely. I love that. I think one of the things that as I'm, you know, I've observed or learned um, in my kind of journey in serving in the Lord's church is 
the honor that comes along with serving, the giving of myself, the giving of my time. And I think, you know, as we look in scripture, you know, Jesus is the great leader, right? And he demonstrated to us what it meant to serve that he thought he thought nothing of himself. You know, he's the, he's the King of Kings. He's the Messiah. And he was honored to serve um, the people. And I think if we come and have that posture of humility to look to give more than we take away. Absolutely. I think that is paramount. And I think it, it has, it keeps sustainability in place, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. there are definitely people who could, uh, that are, out there that can snapshot in a moment uh, seem as if they're great servants, but the sustainability has to be, in in order for sustainability to happen, I think there has to be a heart of humility, a heart to be honored at any point in time, whether, because none of us really started off where we are now in, in, in grand leadership positions. You know, the first place we started with was cleaning the church or yeah. or ushering people to their seats and things like that. But if you had that attitude of humility and being honored to do that, uh, God would then open up doors to allow you to have more and more influence. So I think in my life, that's how I kind of look at it. My first real role to serve the church was cleaning the church when no one was there, you know, mm-hmm. when everybody was gone. And mm-hmm. so you had that idea is so what do I want? God's people to see and to experience when they show up uh, that went into how I cleaned the church or vacuumed yeah. the church or, or cleaned the bathrooms or whatever it was that was in my hand to do. I was honored to do it because it was God's people that were going to be impacted by it. So from, from that step on, that humility has always allowed me to, to uh, call on God, to not take anything personally to want to improve in whatever I was doing day by day. And it is, it is kind of transformed to the place now where I, I get to under shepherd a, a, a church. That's good. I love that. I love that, which I think is a, a, a great segue into um, a message or what you would say to pastors who are thinking today, you know, what are some of the things that I should expect my leadership team to demonstrate when operating in kingdom excellence. Yeah. Can you kind of talk a little bit about that? Cause you kind of talked through, you know, the, your journey and where you started, you know, what would you, what would you say to a pastor who's thinking about what are some of the things my team, you know, how should they demonstrate kingdom excellence? What are you looking for as a pastor? Yeah. I, I'll, again, I'll go back to it is this idea of submission. Mm-hmm. Look at anyone who understands, it's it's Jesus, remember when he was at the centurion, and the centurion said to Jesus, Jesus, you don't have to come to my house, just speak the word, because yeah. I'm a man that understands authority and how it works, because I tell people to go and they go. And and so therefore he, uh, he, he shared with Jesus his understanding of this whole idea of authority. And I think in that respect, I, I kind of do the same thing is I look for people who have the heart to be in the background, to, to lift people up, to make people more important than themselves. I think those, and, and to be always, uh, the cliche is always, you know, faithful, right. But it goes to 
how faith filled are you, right? Does, oh, does, your, does your faith lead you to that? Because it's not always, you know, it's not always sight driven. It's not always that you see immediate results. So that's when the people say to be faithful is to be filled by faith in what you're doing when you don't see results coming immediately. And so mm -hmm. I look for people who could, who can um, show, bring their talents to bear with no expectation of fanfare. In fact, to be honest with you, I sometimes don't give fanfare uh, intentionally just to see how someone will handle not mm -hmm. being noticed and not being recognized and to mm -hmm. see if they could handle the next step uh, in the leadership training. So yeah, that's, what that's good. That's good. I think that when you think about um, being able to submit, you know, <laughs> submit is not a dirty word. <laughs> it's not a dirty word. Yeah. It is where we find the, the ability to respectfully come under someone else's authority, someone else's leadership. It is covering, mm -hmm. right? And I think as you think about individuals you want on your leadership team, you know, to be able to be submissive. And I love that to be faith-filled, mm -hmm. right? You know, to be filled with faith and doing what it is that God has called them to do, even without having the ability to get that at a girl or that at a boy. You know what I'm saying? Like I am working, the Bible tells us um, in Colossians, I believe it is that we are to work heartily as unto the Lord. Yes. Right. And so you definitely want to make sure that there are people on your team who demonstrate that and have a heart to serve. I would love for you to talk about, um, you know, I believe that we are in the hour of the local church, right? Um, so we've had close to 20 months to pause, reflect, evaluate our organizational cultures and structures, methods, whatever, with hopes that we focus on what I believe matters most to the heart of God. And that's telling others about the joy of being in relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, as we start to round the corner and emerge from this pandemic, based on any observations you've had, what are some opportunities you see for the local church to serve those who are looking for hope and to learn more about Jesus? What wow. are the opportunities you see? Yeah, I, I think that this is a great, great space because I don't think without a pandemic or something like a pandemic, that the church would have looked for the space to use technology, to use, to think globally, to, uh, I don't think we would have ever done it. And, it. and it likens to how did the church grow in the first century was through mm -hmm. persecution, right? So persecution Ooh, mm -hmm. caused the people of God to not stay in Jerusalem, but to spread out th throughout Asia Minor. And so I I think this is the, this is the same opportunity that we have now because of the shaking of things. Um, the Bible says that things that can be shaken, that will be shaken. I think all of our, our presumptions, all of our thought processes about insulating. And I talked to a pastor recently about, uh, we've been taught uh, all our lives in pastoral ministry to put butts in the seats. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and so that now concept is gone. And so we need to be much more intentional about, making sure that every moment that is spent with people, whether it's virtually or in person, is intentionally placing them outside of our control, mm -hmm. even outside of our voice, but 
helping them to helping to them to understand the voice of God that they're going to have to catch um, and to obey when we're not together. And so uh, we have not done a great job, to be honest with you, uh, Tawanda, at discipling people to hear the voice of God, to be mm. sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to be le- let him be the leader and guide into all truth because of the assumption that I will see you back here next Sunday. Mm-hmm. I will be able to give you personal instructions. And so I think the opportunity is grand. This is the hour of the church to engage the power of God again uh, because he, he leads every individual. He customizes the word of God in Rhema fashion mm-hmm. for the specifics of their lives. And that's our job as shepherds and leaders is to coax them, to, to give them the amen, um, to help their faith build up that what they're hearing from the Holy Spirit is right on, right on time and it's true and to walk in it. So I think this is that great time for the church to walk globally, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. no matter what local church you are, you have to think globally. And I, I'm looking forward to to, to the people of God really having dominion over their their spaces and where God's placed them in the marketplace and it, and it come it's a direct reflection of what is being taught and what's being shared and how it's being lived out in the local church so yeah I'm, I'm excited I'm excited and and to the flesh scared you know yeah, because it's, yeah. it's a new it's a new season. And, and we don't know what's going to happen. So mm-hmm. we're walking both with fear and trembling, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's <laughs> so good. And I, I really hope the listeners leaned into that because it was so good in terms of, I love what you said. What resonates to with me is the fact that the acknowledgement, right? This past 20 months has caused us to pause and reflect and acknowledge and confess. Father, forgive us for not discipling your people the way we should have been discipling them. Because we've seen during this time, um, so many people kind of, I don't want to say fall away, but no, maybe it's fall away, it. right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, you know, yeah. because it's like they we relied on getting that them butts in seats, you know, as a preacher, we understand we need, we want, we want that validation from the pulpit, right? <laughs> you, you want that, you want to hear that. And, and every week we kind of, we counted on the fact of, we'll see the people next week. We'll give it to them next week without equipping them with the tools and pointing them back to Bible um, and growing your relationship with Jesus Christ, making sure that they understood the importance of growing and maturing because now we see, oh, we didn't do a good job in teaching um, and understanding what discipling mean and discipling means and how to equip believers to um, disciple others. You know, sheep beget sheep, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, teaching the importance of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, removing the stigma associated with the word witness. You know what I'm saying? We didn't do a good job of that. And I'm, you know, it's to not- hear a pastor confess that, um, you know, and I'm hoping that the listeners kind of start to feel that Holy Spirit tension right there in your chest. Like, you know, we got to do, we've got to do a better job. And this pandemic has presented us with a great opportunity to do much better, both in person and virtually, right? Yes. Because and, and now any, we have any medium, any, 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 any medium, any, any contact we have with them, we have to leave them with, okay, 
application. Yeah. How this, how this is, how does this apply? And so, yeah, but that was our calling, uh, from the beginning, Paul, uh, Paul said to, in the Ephesians, it says that we were given all of the gifts, apostles, prophets, pastors, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. teachers, evangelists, all mm-hmm. for the perfecting of the saints, yeah. right? Yeah. It's for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So we should be working ourselves out of a job, right? That Listen. was the whole, that was the whole goal for yes. the perfecting of the saints. And so yes. I don't know, I don't know if we were trying to work ourselves out of the jobs that we were in. And so I think as the saints become perfected, they need us less and less. Yes. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. Did you hear that listeners? As the, the saints become perfected, they need us less and less because pastor Hawkins, now they, they are equipped. They have Jesus Christ. They have the spirit, the, the resource, the power, that relationship that they have to do what it is that God has called them to do. Oh, that's good. That's good. Pastor Hawkins. That's good. So listen, um, I want to kind of talk a little bit about, um, I, I know personally your heart for, um, serving in kingdom excellence, but not at the expense of your family. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Those who are, are listening, um, you know, I serve, my husband and I proudly serve at, at High Calling Ministries under your leadership. We have a young family. Um, and one of the things that I loved about our journey and coming into a High Calling because you knew of our desire to serve, you intentionally told us you need to sit a year. Don't get go, don't get involved in anything. You all need to make sure you are good as husband and wife because for for a long time we would serve together and not be able to sit. We would miss each other. You understand what I'm saying when you're serving in ministry, your spouse is doing one thing and you're doing the other and you know when we got married early in our marriage, that's what we were doing. And we didn't get a chance to worship together. And I appreciate you giving us that wisdom that for one year, don't do anything. You guys need to sit. So when we talk about, and that was a form of service, mm-hmm. right? Because it allowed my husband and I to serve one another as husband and wife and not as elder so-and-so or deacon so-and-so, but to serve simply as Robert and Tawanda, to serve one another. So if you could kind of just share with our listeners kind of your heart for making sure that we don't lose our families at the expense of serving in the local church. I think the crazy thing to Wanda is it sounds like we're saying to choose family over mm-hmm. ministry. And yet I believe that family has to be the core of your ministry service. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a third generation pastor. And so I've grown up in and under pastors who had served in fact i grew up under the 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 kind of terminology that you take care of the church god will take care of your family right and so i I grew up in in that mantra and it never worked and what i what i saw overwhelmingly is the facade of a minister or a deacon or a Mm -hmm. psalmist i saw the facade of the anointing in their lives but not the true in the sense of the word. When they peeled back from Sunday, they were so disconnected from the 
the first ministry that God ever gave them, which was family. And because, because, and, and, and it's likely to happen in a lot of ways, because you don't get the accolades. No one pats you on the back every day for being a good wife. Mm-hmm. Nobody pats mm-hmm. you. Nobody says hallelujah, praise the Lord, amen, every mm-hmm. time you fix dinner. But but it, it, it sends a message both from a husband and wife perspective and more most importantly to the children about what real ministry is that I am here to serve you first and and when you do that you send such a a powerful message down to them about who God and God's love for them right so yeah, my yeah. my my child understands God's love for him because he places me in his life and I give him a priority uh, for my time, for my treasure, uh, for everything that God has given me, my my preaching, my pastoral starts at home. Starts with mm-hmm. my my wife and my my child, and so I think it I think it undergirds and brings so much foundation for what I want to do uh, in the church by how I operate at home, and and it's always this conflict if you don't. Um, how to be a great husband, how to be a great father. And so I want people to understand that the church is really what happens in the home. And mm-hmm. when we do that, we all come together, put our hearts together. It makes lighter work for everybody, but it makes joyful work. And you can have generational uh, integrity and stability mm-hmm. because our children don't mind now serving because they have not been abandoned yeah, uh, yeah. By, the, by, the, by those of us who claim that we were anointed in God's people. And so I just love to see families working together in ministry. And I know that that has to happen when the head of the homes, those who claim to us for, to have titles in the church are intentional about making sure that uh, we want to be better husbands, better wives than we are ministers, preachers, singers, pastors. Yeah. That's our aim and our goal. And God feels the gap. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm, he, mm-hmm, he feels mm-hmm. the gap when we when we have to spend more time at home and building those those people up. He lets what we do outside of the the home. He he elevates it. He he galvanizes it. He brings his Holy Spirit to it. And it's not it's it's less arduous for it, all of us. I, so so yeah, that's my that's really my if it if I would say one thing that I'm kind of known for in the pastoral realm is that church is not where you live; it's where you learn how to live, mm. and then you take that home and apply it. So yeah. That's why that's children, good. that's why children love us. You know, our children yes, love us. Yes, right. yes, absolutely. And I think that that principle is one that has uh stuck with me, and I believe is one reason why uh the children, my husband and I, have the privilege of stewarding love to serve um because they don't see it as um taking away from mommy and daddy, you know, they're not taking mommy and daddy away from me. We have the honor and privilege to do this with them. So I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And I did. I felt that my, I felt that the church took away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did mm-hmm. from my, my, my childhood. I thought at the church, uh, you know, my dad is going to be at church when, when I'm having a basketball game or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's up there again, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I, I felt that, but I, we made, we were very intentional about making sure both my wife and I's fathers were pastors. And so we were very intentional about making sure that our son knew that we were parents first, mm-hmm. pastors second, you know? Yeah. 
That's um, it. So yeah, it 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 ha- it it will pay dividend. If, mm-hmm. if I might say, it will pay. Yes, dividends. I believe it. I believe it. Uh, for those emerging leaders who are listening to our conversation, I want to ask this question. It's been said that if service is beneath you, leadership is beyond you, right? What would you tell your 20-year-old self about what it means to serve in the Lord's church and why it matters? Wow. T. Jesus. I would say that salvation that was given to me by God freely is everything now that I give to him, I owe him. Mm. And and what a privilege it is to, Paul, Paul says, I'm the least of the apostles. I'm not, I'm not here because God picked me out of a lineup and said that I was the most talented person. But what I would tell my younger self is, is first and foremost, don't try to please people. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and, and I, am, I am a confessed people pleaser. Unfortunately, it sounds good on paper to be a people pleaser. Unfortunately, the nature of people is that they're never pleased. Yeah, that's good. And so it is a never-ending circle and cycle that will never yield the results that you want. So mm-hmm. my first my first and foremost, although you are there to bless people and, and be with people, your ultimate service is to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. Mm-hmm. And so I would tell myself, stay there, stay, always remind yourself to stay there at the foot of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, um, and if you do that, as God elevates you, remind yourself of who you're not and and go all the way back and stay in that that posture of servitude that I am here to serve and you know we don't do it much anymore in the in the church but the the washing of feet um, mm-hmm. was this was this tool that we used to use in the church to always remind us of what we really are called to do and that is to to take the dirt off of people's life. And that's really where we're called to do. And that's done on our knees. That's mm-hmm. done in a place of, in the place and the posture of a servant. And so I, and I, I guess, you know, as I reach my middle age, sometimes that is, that is not something that I remind myself enough of, but to bring about longevity. And mm-hmm. I would say to, to help you with it, the idea of sanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the truth. That the yeah. the idea of sanity, stay servant, stay in the area of servanthood because people can throw you out when you get big headed. The, yeah. They can they can pull the cover from under you when you think you're you're high. They can drop you low. But when you stay at the at the feet of Jesus, there's nowhere else for you to go. There's you're always there and grounded, and you're you're safe. And I and I think there is safety in servanthood. There really is. Yes, there really I is. love there, that. There I love that. Stay low, and there's safety in servanthood. So to the emerging leaders, I hope y'all caught that. Listen, I hope you caught it. Stay low, and stay at the feet of Jesus. I love it. I love it. So listen, Pastor Hawkins, I want to kind of 
shift a little bit and do mm-hmm. a, a, a fun segment. At least I, I believe it's going to be fun. It's called Think Fast, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to ask you a series of questions. I don't want you to think hard about it. Just like first thing that comes to your mind. Um, and we're going to have fun just to allow the listeners to kind of um, just better understand who Pastor Hawkins is, right? Okay, so think fast. Here we go. I know the answer to this first one, but I need you to tell the listeners why. All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. Apple or PC and why? Oh, Lord. Apple because it is God-ordained. It is <laughs> It is from the Lord. It brings, it answers every question. It No question about it. <laughs> Apple all day. If you don't, then you're not discerning the Holy Spirit. Oh, oh my gosh. That's hilarious. That's that's hilarious. Listen, your favorite quote. What? Your favorite quote. What is it? I'm asking you, what is your favorite quote? Oh, Lord. Never say never. Hmm. Never say never. Why? Why is that your favorite quote? Because I believe... In, inside of me is always the I can't, but mm. in God, there's always the it's possible. And so Ooh. my my favorite quote to myself yeah. is that when I'm speaking to myself, telling me that I can't, I'm always reminded that there is a possibility that God can use me in every every scenario. And so I constantly tell myself, never say never, never say Oh, that's never. good. That's good. That's good. If there was one person you could have a conversation with, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Wow, that is fantastic. I think Mahat Gandhi. Really? Tell us. Do tell why. Because of the enormous weight that was on him and his, even before Dr. King ever Mm -hmm. came into, because Dr. King kind of studied Gandhi, I think that idea of class system, uh, where he was, what he what he had, what he stood to lose, and you know the nation of India and where he wanted to take it through from colonization, all of that, and his his resolve was so his coolness and his mm-hmm. resolve was just so. And I would love to ask him, mm-hmm. like, like why, like. Mm-hmm. like would it have been easier to cut it off and shut it down and take care of yourself and, and, you know, don't care. And did you ever get up to the point where you said, I'm not going to do this, but, but to hear him speak in this calm, cool, collective voice, every single time we, we hear him, uh, I'd love to just spend a day with him and just uh, glean from his heart and what his vision might've been to, to see what his sacrifice would have ultimately yielded. So yeah, he's my, he's my man. He's He's your man. Wow. Wow. Who do you enjoy spending the most time with? Probably my wife, oddly Mm -hmm. enough. Mm -hmm. And we're, and I haven't, I, I, we haven't always been able to say that we've been married 34 years. Uh, but the oddest thing is I love to laugh. Yeah. And she has, this dry sense of humor that <laughs> I really enjoy. And so I love spending time with her. Um, of course, my son, because I think he's uh, the wisest young man I've ever met. And so, yeah, I love, I love spending time with, with, with them. Um, my, my dog, 
Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my puppy. I love spending time. So yeah, the, I, the, to be honest with you, I am, I, I love people. So I love being around yeah. people. But yeah. my issue is that I'm very shallow when it comes to relationships. I don't have very deep, long standing. I don't have college roommates, uh, college. I, I, re- I met my college roommate in the, on the street and didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So I think my wife, probably I spend most time when I, and I enjoy it. Yeah. So, so, so this question leads me to another one uh, really quickly. Cause you talked about, do you, do you find, or is it that some pastors find that they don't have deep relationships? Why, most, why is that? Most pastors, because I think it's the fear mm. of exposure. Okay. And therefore the fear of being overexposed or, okay. You yeah. know, yeah. Uh, so you never, you never think, and I don't know why this came, because I was always like this and people thought I had a lot of friends and I really didn't because I was just friendly. Mm. And so I didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of enemies, but I did not, I never had like close friends. I spend the night on people's houses, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, when I talk to pastors, oddly enough, most tell me that they don't have like deep relationships, mm-hmm. probably because of fear. A fear mm-hmm. that, because most people see them in their church as impregnable, perfect, you know, wonderful. And and when you peel back that onion, mm-hmm. you want to be able to tell somebody, I'm not, you know. Right, right, right. You're, you're wondering, where is this going to go? Is this going to leave, you know, so you have to trust people. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've been on the search for the last two years after uh, being held accountable by uh, a friend of mine to say that I needed good friends. And so I've adopted, I'm in the process of adopting two male, two brothers that, that I talk to on a regular basis, okay. like weekly. Right. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never done that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So I think it's, it's the fear factor. It's the fear factor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that's good. Thank you for sharing. I think most people um, need to, to understand kind of the heart of a pastor and kind of sometimes how challenging that can be. Yeah. Yeah. How lonely, um, how lonely that can be. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed kind of like hearing kind of pastor Hawkins, his off the cuff (laughs) responses and kind of help you to get to know him just a little bit better. Uh, so for those who may want to connect with you, pastor Hawkins on social media, you've kind of dropped so many gems today. How can those who want to engage with you, how can they reach you? What are the platforms that you are on? I am everywhere mm-hmm. I, and have been for years. Um, oftentimes people in my circle, pastors in my circle call me the Facebook pastor <laughs> um, because I am, I have been on Facebook probably not long after it was available to us grown folks, but yeah, people can reach me primarily. I am on a Facebook's too. So George W. Hawkins, Jr. on Facebook is where you would find me the most and most frequently. But I do also have Instagram. You can reach me on Instagram at Pastor G Hawk. Uh, I do a a devotional every morning, every weekday morning mm-hmm. at six o'clock a.m. called Wake Up with the Word. And that has its own Facebook and Instagram page under that name, Wake Up with the Word. You can reach uh, and, and stay in touch with me there. And, and I also dabble in Twitter. You can reach me there as Pastor G Hawk as well. So I'm all over the place. You can, I'm very open and honest and transparent. And I love 
you know, someone asked me the other day, do I think because of my uh, touchability, both on social media and, and outside, does it shape, does it shape my messages and cause me mm-hmm. to be much more uh, tangibly rich when I speak with people on Sunday? And I do think that my close, you know, the Bible says that we are shepherds and shepherds smell like mm-hmm. sheep. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, mm-hmm. there is, there mm-hmm. is this the dynamic that when you stay close to sheep, you get to hear from the priestly side what's going on in the, in the people's hearts. So yeah, you can reach out to me at any time. Awesome. We're going to be sure to post those uh, social media handles in the show notes. So folks, be sure to go look in the show notes, connect with Pastor Hawkins on those platforms. Uh, and I guarantee you will be blessed by the impact he has on social media you will be blessed by that. So I believe leaders are learners, Pastor Hawkins. Leaders are learners. So what are you reading? What am I reading right now? I'm reading yes. a book called uh, Skill for Success. It is a book from a pastor friend of mine named Mike Praw. Mm-hmm. And it's and it goes to how skill leads to success. And he just breaks down a few tangible leadership skills that all of us should have that ultimately he's, he is he is linking to tangible success, both in the, the professional realm, which is he's in the banking community and the marketplace and family and in ministry. So I'm reading that great book right now. Um, so yeah, that's my, and I read, I think leaders have to read because mm-hmm. you, you, you get a chance to get exposure to experiences that you never tangibly have to have, but it's, it gets locked up in your heart that you can be able to quote and, and to use those types of experiences that 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 you never had to physically go through, and so yeah, I, I love I love reading, I love podcasts. I stay on on mm-hmm. those all the time. So I, I listen to a podcast every day, every week called Read to Lead, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is a great podcast that kind of helps to customize the books that I read. Um, and so yeah, the, those kind of things. I I think everyone. Uh, when people tell me that they don't they don't read, what they're telling me is that that they've been stumped, that they're, okay. they're at the they're at the end of their road, and so you you oftentimes feel like as a leader you can you're not going to be able to use that person for long. They're going to be outdated real fast. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. So um, I have one closing question, Pastor Hawkins. Oh, this has been a great conversation. One closing question, and here's the question. How can the community of kingdom leaders pray for you? Yeah, I think that I'm in the period of transition now. Mm -hmm. I'm in my middle age and I've served one local church as a senior pastor for 21 years now. And I am in transition. And I think what I would love for your audience and anyone who is, who can, as the old folk used to say, get a prayer through Mm -hmm. is to pray (laughs) that uh, the next move of God in my life will be such that I won't be afraid to launch out on it as, uh, because when you're young, I was 35 years old when we planted the church, you know, fear wasn't really something that I, that I looked at. But now at 57, you start thinking about, oh my God, what if this doesn't work? And what, what does this look like? And so just pray for courage. And yeah. The yeah. courage to make dynamic shifts in the kingdom uh, at this point in time, and pray for those who are 
who are helping me to do that. And so, yeah, please pray for my courage to to go boldly go where I have not gone before. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah. That's it. Yep, All right. Yep, yes, yep. sir. Well, with that, Pastor Hawkins, I've enjoyed our time together and appreciate you taking time to share your perspective of kingdom excellence with me. I appreciate yeah. you. You know that. Uh, so thank you so much, sir. God bless well, you. Well, let me ask you, can I, can I leave one thing about you for all, for all of your listeners? I think if you're listening to Tawanda and her podcast, you know who she is. But from her childhood, this was destined to be uh, in her life. She always cared about uh, excellence. She always could point out when there wasn't that excellence growing from a child she doesn't. She didn't always know how to articulate it uh, in the most helpful manner. But the Lord has so blessed you, uh, and I am so grateful to God to have you with me and sharing ministry at this stage of my life. When uh, a couple of years ago, when a pastor, I was frustrated about not being able to execute things in our ministry, and I sat down with a pastor, and he said, "Here is what you need." in your life. And at that restaurant, your name came up. And I think I called you when I left that restaurant and, and put something in your ear and called your husband and said, I, I okay. think I have something. So I just want to tell you how grateful I am for the daily walking uh, in ministry that I have with you. And the way that your gift is being used in the body of Christ is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, I love you and I love your husband and your children. And you are simply a jewel. Um, I wish every church could have you. Um, and I, and I, but I am so grateful that they don't at this point in time. <laughs> Bless you, Pastor Hawkins. Yes, I, I love, love it. Thank you so much for listening and for coming along with me as we explore what it means to operate in the spirit of kingdom excellence. If you enjoyed what you've heard, and it is my prayer that you did, do me a favor, tell other kingdom leaders you know about this space and encourage them to subscribe and follow wherever you're listening. It's been my privilege to share a few minutes of your day talking about what it means to operate in the spirit of kingdom excellence. Be sure to check the show notes from today's episode for ways to stay connected with me. And remember, if excellence is important to God, it should be important to you. Until next time, may God bless you.